0: Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. Now get ready to receive a word from God.
1: You got your Bibles up to Mark chapter 16. Once again, this message is uh, it's, it's called Living Out of the Place Where You're From. Now, uh, I'm actually speaking at a... Um, a uh, leadership thing this weekend and uh the guy told me i want you to get up in five minutes i got five minutes it, it's a it's kind of like a what do you call that where you get a group of people up and they all take a turn like a round table whatever and he said i want you in five minutes to tell what do you feel like your purpose in ministry is and and i'd have to say if i had to say one word it's it's evangelism youth uh, an exhorter um uh, we, just t- we just took the spiritual gifting test. It's really, really powerful. It's a uh, this spiritual couple that did this for 40 years. Just a lot of information. And, you know, it's Romans chapter 12, the spiritual gifts. And, and mine is pretty well exhorting. It's that's, it, it, it. you know, there's serving and there's comfort. And some of that, I, I, you know, you can, you can be a, what do you call it, a Heinz 57. But I'm, I'm pretty well a natural, just an exhorter. And, and evangelism and youth evangelism. So I, I just really felt like tonight, and I kept saying, Lord, I really feel like I should kind of stay in that vein. And, and I said, but I'll do whatever you tell me to do. But as I began to study and pray, man, he just started throwing this thing on me. And and of all nights, to be able to share this, really, a Wednesday night is the night. Can, can I get a witness? If anybody's been in church half their life, you know, the, 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 they, we used to do a skit called Wednesday Night Devils. Because <laughs> the devils will come out on Wednesday night so say, you don't need to go to church. You know what I mean? Anyway, it's one of those new life drama company skits, Wednesday Night Demons. It's actually a pretty funny skit. But uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And thank you, Father, for just an impartation a, of what you want to say and what you want to bring across Lord. It's only by your anointing, Lord. As Pastor Mark says, there's no way I can minister to all these different walks of life and different spiritual levels and different experiences and different challenges. But Holy Ghost, you, but through the anointing, you can. You can anoint what I'm saying, and they'll hear something... It may, it may not be what I'm saying, but it's what they need to hear. And I just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Mark chapter 16, this is what we call the Great Commission. And this is interesting. I, I kind of, as I was studying this, and I'm not much of a, I'm not a real study. I'm not, I'm not Pastor Mark, so don't, don't, um, but that's okay. You know, Pastor Mark said, he's not me and I'm not him. That's, that's good. And I, I do, I, boy, I see that teaching gift and I just like, oh God. Can I be a teacher one day? You know, I'm, Lawrence, you might, I don't know if, if, if that, that wasn't really my gift. But, but, I, but the, I like where Brother Hagin said, the, the teaching gift will come on you. And boy, I like it. But it don't stay, you know what I mean? Anyway, my wife says, you don't need to be teaching. I teach, oh, you're a teacher. I said, maybe I was today. I probably won't be tomorrow. But that's okay. I, I do like exhortation. I do like evangelism. I do like preaching. But Mark chapter 16, and starting with verse 16, he says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and they shall, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And after he had spoken this unto them, he was received up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. I like that. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. Well, we were praying Sunday morning, and the word came out, collaboration. That was the word, message in tongues, collaboration, interpretation. And I went, wait a minute, collaboration, collaborators. We're collaborators together with him, amen? I I, I like to know he's working with me, and this is going to help you. We're going somewhere tonight. So remember, we're collaborators with him. You get out there on your own thinking you're doing it, you're going to fall on your face, and you might skin your knees and go home crying. But we ain't going that way. The devil can't win, amen? We are co-laborers together with him. And it says, and they went everywhere preaching, the Lord working with them, confirming the word. Now, that's important. It's the word. Somebody say the word. With signs following. we got to have signs following. I, I would dare to say that if every one of us said uh, tonight that if you knew tomorrow you could go out and you would have signs following, you would there wouldn't be no hesitation. No hesitation. I was on the phone with a guy today. He was walking in a a circle cave or truck stop I think it was a circle cave something like that and he said that there was a guy that pushed a bucket over towards him and he said hey I gotta go wash my hands I'm coming back and he got in front of the mirror and he was looking he said I ain't got no money he said but silver and gold have I none but I well, such as I have I given to do and he said the guy was complaining my wife's out in the car she needs a kidney transplant and they can't get one and they said she's going to die I mean we don't know if she's going to make it today and he came back out and he said, he told him just what the Lord said. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I given to thee. I want to go lay hands on your wife. He said, well, what you going to do? Now, the guy could have been a calm man, but we fixed to find out. He went, he, and the, the, he said the woman was laying up in there. He said she looked rough. He said he laid hands on her. God healed her. She's jumping around. She goes, I, I don't feel the pain no more. I'm healed. He said God gave the woman a new kidney at the Circle K. Hallelujah. So said, I'm just waiting for the tent revival to come to town when the healer comes. No, the healer lives in you. Glory be to God. Amen. There is something amiss at the Circle K. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you. holy ghost. Now, folks, I don't know about you. I want to be the guy getting giving out new kidneys. This guy said he had a vision. He saw a conveyor belt coming down from heaven with body parts laying on them. I'm like, gosh, we, I know some folks that need some body parts. Amen. We got to we do got. Oh, I'm already, I'm already charged up. Now, look at this. In Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 6 to 11, then the, when they therefore were come together, verse 6, they asked of him, saying, Lord, when will, this, when will you restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, "No, they're looking for a, a physical kingdom. He said, it's not for you to know the times and seasons when the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power. Oh, power. Thank you for the power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. And when he was spoken these things, while he had, while, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, and, and you saw that in Mark. It says that he was taken up. Did anybody catch that? I want to make sure you catch that, and then he was taken up in Acts chapter one. And you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I like, I ask questions, I, and I'm not. Once again, Pastor Mark could take this and go about four days with it, but I was real curious. I said, "Well, well, let me finish reading Acts chapter one." And while they were, while they looked up steadfastly toward heaven. They beheld two men that stood by them in white apparel. Obviously, says angels, which also said, uh, "You men, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven?' This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner, and as you have seen him go into heaven, he'll return. Now, I want, I want to make sure. I, I, I looked this up. I can't remember where I read this, but it was in some some commentary. It says the post-resurrection events recorded in Luke. John and Acts 1 were not recorded by Mark, but they all happened before Jesus' ascension that Mark recorded um, here in heaven. In fact, there's only, I think it's just, I think it's just Luke and Mark are the only ones that talk about Jesus going up after he, and and it's really the Great Commission is only in Matthew. Now, somebody said, well, why is it all different? Because there was four different people, four different personalities. You know, the doctor's probably looking at the scientific realm and then John's did he just love us he, he just told us to love one another you know what I mean and I think that's awesome. We got four different perspectives. I always said that you can have four people looking at a mountain and all four come away with four different things so and then we got Luke again writing the book of Acts because I was thinking wait a minute Jesus ascended and then they all went to how come they didn't talk about the day of Pentecost in Matthew Mark, Luke and John well, Luke just—he was a doctor. He go, I'm gonna really explain this thing. And he wrote the book of Acts. Somebody had to write. It. I guess they were all doing stuff. They were, saying, well, "We're tired of writing. Let's just go lay hands on people." Anyway, he said, "I'm gonna finish this thing out." So he read. then we go to Acts chapter two. I just want to make sure you got that. That was just—that's just a little side note. It was curious to me uh, that that the ascension happened. They they talked about it where he went away in two different places. But he he does talk about that in Acts chapter one as well. And when they and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and it appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, a Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when these, when, when noise was brought, the multitude came together and were confounded, because the, every man heard them speak in his own language." They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, I will make a little side note here, too. They were speaking in the tongues of men because they understood it. But the Bible says you'll speak in the tongues of men and angels. Most of my tongues are angel tongues. I like to call it, I'm using my native language because I'm a citizen of heaven. So when I speak in tongues, I'm speaking my native language. Now, I don't suggest you use your native language in publics because you may get, they may call somebody to check you out, amen? Amen. But, I, you know, you may, you may feel impressed to speak in tongues. It may be in Spanish. I don't know. I've heard lots of stories. I, I've had some people tell me they thought I was speaking Spanish, and then I don't know because I can't speak Spanish. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to give you six things. We're going to be practical tonight. I'm going to give you six things that's going to help you do what you're called to do when you leave the church and go out into the world. Amen? When you go to Publix or when you go to Circle K or wherever you go, and, and, you know, I just, I just think about Jesus. He was just going to get a drink of water. and Look what happened. He, he got a whole city, say. The woman at the well, Samaria. He had a word from the Lord. He, she went and brought them all back to him. Come see the man that told me everything he ever did. Anyway, that's another story. Anyway, Holy Spirit power. So in Ephesians 2, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 2. So the first thing we're going to talk about is Holy Spirit power. We just read they're all filled with Holy Spirit. He said, you shall receive what? You shall receive what? Thank you. I need some cooperation. We, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes, and you shall be what? Yeah, the Holy Spirit's not just to speak in tongues. That, that's it's, Speaking in tongues is good. You build yourself up. There's lots of scriptures on of edifying yourself. Build yourself up. Charge yourself up. You'll keep yourself in the love of God, praying in the Holy Ghost. But it's, it's to, to give you the power to be a witness. Somebody say amen. Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love or where he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass and sin, made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved and raised up together, raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There he, he went and sat. Now we're sitting with him. The minute you confess Jesus as Lord, you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, and, and, you know, God, God looks at the heart. He knows if you're being real or not. But according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, when you confess Jesus as your Lord, whoever, whosoever, Romans 10, 13 says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ain't no, maybe they might be. Hope you feel like it. If you feel like it, you probably didn't know. Ain't nothing about feelings. It's a confession of faith. And then when you do, according to Romans 1, 13, you've been, you, somebody said you got transferred into a king. How'd you do that? When I confessed him as king. When I, when, he, when I confessed him as king, I got into his kingdom. When you come into a new country and you become a citizen of that country, you got to swear allegiance to that country or that king. We don't have kings anymore, but, uh, but, but, but he is still king of kings and lord of lords. Somebody say amen. So, where was I at? Verse what? By grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Well, oh, let's go back to verse 7. And heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding, the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. One translation says we're his handiwork. You know, it's, it, when you really get a hold of the revelation that he created you, he made you. He gifted you. He gave you that personality. He, he, he knew you in your mother's womb. He formed you. It's a whole lot easier to go out and talk about Jesus in public. I'm telling you, the word of God will enrich you to the point where, man, I can do this. I believe God's word about what it's saying about me. I am a citizen of heaven. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. The greater one lives in me. I am his handiwork. Because I'm going to tell you, I can look at the mirror and say, man, I look goofy. My wife says I'm goofy sometimes. I've even had people tell me I'm goofy. But I'm not moved by what that people say. I'm moved by God's word. I'm his handiwork. Somebody say amen. Honey, you got to keep telling me what verse I left off because I'll start preaching. I forget. Verse 10. Thank you. I got somebody else down here helping me. Thank God for the women. Created in Christ Jesus. Oh, glory to God. I'm his own handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus for what? No, so I can look good, smell good, and my wife will like me more. No. So I, I'm, I'm in Christ Jesus. I'm his handiwork, and I'm created for good works. Folks, I'm going to tell you, I've been to a bunch of churches. I, I, I don't, I'm not sure if we could do a, 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 some kind of meter to decide how much of the body of Christ is doing good works. I'm, I don't want to know right now. I'm, I'll just be honest with you. It may, it may, may make the devil happy. But I'm gonna, I'm I'm telling you, we're gonna turn that thing around. We we got we're on the edge of the one of the greatest opportunities I believe in the history of mankind right now, right now. I believe God's pouring out His Spirit. We were praying the other day. If you don't come to prayer, we have prayer at 9 a.m. in the youth room. It has been whoo. It's just it woo, Sunday mornings. And I'm telling you, if you don't if you're not if you are not if you not filled with the Holy Ghost, you may get filled just walking in there because it's it's exciting. Audrey, you've been in. It's been good. Amen. One of the words that came out the other day was what was that word? Uh, a softening, but I'm talking about well, two weeks ago, was uh, velocity. The velocity of, of what's going on in the Spirit, it, it's, it's a picking up. of. I didn't even know what velocity was. I had to look it up. Anyway, it's, it's good. It's, it's, times are speeding up. Greater glory. Glory's coming. Amen? So uh, look at verse uh, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 verse 1 through 3. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. If you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. We got to stay in that place. We got to stay hidden in that place in Christ. We got to keep our mind stayed on Him. I think there's, there's a Psalm. I can't remember exactly. It says He will keep thee in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Him. I tell you, there's a world in need of some peace, and the Prince of Peace has got all you want. Amen. So we're talking about being in that place. Where's workmanship? Uh, that's number one. We 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 have that Holy Spirit power, and we are His workmanship. We're 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 citizens of heaven. Amen. Uh, that, that was actually number two. The first was Holy Spirit power. I've got these marked behind. So that one is citizenship. Who are you? You're a citizen. Amen. I could give you a lot more scriptures, but I, we gotta, we got to finish this tonight. That's we can't be no part two. Amen. So the next one is angels. Now, that's, they're probably not in some kind of spiritual order here. I didn't study out. You know what I'm saying? But there is something to angels. Amen. One person. Two, three. We got three people that believe that. Angels just not something you put on the top of the Christmas tree at at Christmas. Easter. Well, I'm really messed up. Ministering spirits. Amen. Where's that first scripture? Hebrews chapter 1, verses 7 and verses 14. And of the angels, he says, and of the angels, he said, who makes his angels... Ministers, or makes his angel spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Are they not all ministering spirits sent to minister to for those minister? Everybody say four. Everybody say four, because a lot of times that's misquoted. It's, it's they say ministers of. It's not ministers of. It's ministers for. Now, verse fourteen. I'm sorry. Did you not get that one? You're working. There you go. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who inherit salvation? Are you an heir of salvation? If you're a child of God, yes, you are. Yes, say I'm an heir. I inherit salvation. That's for you. How many have ever seen an angel? Well, you have seen an angel. you seen an angel? I've never physically seen an angel, but I was in a service one night. We were, uh, we were at an elementary school in Valdosta. It was, uh, it was Southeast Elementary. Anybody know anything about the school systems around? Southeast Elementary was a pretty rough school. Uh, so we were invited to go there. They were going to let us see all the fifth graders. Uh, and I remember the principal says, this is funny, the principal said, I want you to talk to these kids about Jesus. I said, I, I can't do that. He said, well, can we pray? I said, we can pray right now in your office. This guy's now an assistant superintendent with the Val schools, And every time he sees you, he goes, you're not crossing any lines? I said, no, you're the very one that wanted me to cross the line, you know. He's a great guy, great guy, still a friend of mine. Anyway, so he told me, we have a pregnant fifth grader here at this school. And this was in 2004, Charlie. That was 20, 18 years ago. And I didn't, I didn't. I mean, I was, I'm from a little small town in North Florida, and I just I just couldn't even fathom a pregnant fifth grader. Anyway, I uh, remember that night, we, we did the program. We invited the students to come back. We advertised to the FCA. They, had, they said, tonight we're going to have pizza. We're going to have um, uh, free food. Come back tonight. There's going to be a free concert we're going to give away. I don't know what. We gave away something, iPods or whatever. Anyway, the, uh, that night, we saw, what What did we see, 400 fifth graders? Yeah, 400 fifth graders. That night, 1,500 people showed up at the event. On a good night, Tommy, we'll have 60%. If we see 1,000 people, we'll have about 600, which is, that's, that's actually pretty good. We'd never had anything like this. Of course, we were in the projects of the projects, but they were, they, I, I'd never seen anything like it. Anyway, the altars were flooded. Brinson Barker, that was the first time I, Brinson and his wife came to the event, and they said, we're coming to work with Future Now. I said, we can't afford you. He said, don't matter. We're coming to work anyway. You remember that? So you might have been there that night. I don't know what. Anyway, we're there, and, and me and my youngest son, Isaac, he's now 22. He's sitting there beside me, and, and I'm just helping pass out pizza at the end of the event. People are going outside and coming back in. We had enough pizza for 400 people. We fed all 1,500, and we were still eating pizza when the thing was over. Yeah, folks, I'm telling you, I, I believe in the fishes and the loaves. I'm t- I don't, I, I'll never doubt that. Not that I did doubt it, but I, 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 I we, I'm telling you, it, that, Charlie, if we'd had 400 Chick-fil-A sandwiches, we'd had 1,800, and God could multiply Chick-fil-A just like He could Little Caesars. Amen, Hallelujah. But there was a woman standing off to the side, and she, I'm just, she had a white dress on. She was an African American woman, real, and I just assumed it was the principal's wife. And I'm not talking about a long, like, flowing gown. Just a, it was a really nice white dress, and she looked real, uh, what's the word, um, real stately or real business professional. I don't know. It was just, and uh, and my, and she, and I, and I look, and she's looking at me, and I said, "Can I help you?" She goes, "No, no, no, no. You finish what you're doing. You can wait on me. I'll be fine." And I said, "Okay, okay." And so we're still, and we get down to the pizza and we walk over to her. I said, I'm so sure. She goes, no, no, you're all right. She goes, I'm telling you, I watched the Holy Spirit pour through you tonight. I watched God use you tonight. And I just want to lay hands on you and pray for you and put things back in you. I said, honey, bring it on. I just, I got in the yielded position. And she goes, I want to pray for your whole team. I was like, my whole team? Man, I got four of them back there chasing kids. And I got three out there loading up a trailer. And I am I said, I don't I don't even know where they're at. And, I mean, this place was still pandemonium. People still eating pizza." And, uh, and, sh- and she just said, no, I want to pray. F- I- I- I'll pray for you. And I- my son was over there tearing down his drums. I said, come over here. And then I got my, uh, my, uh, my daughter. She ran over there. So she's just, she's prophesying over my kids and, and over me. And, and, uh, and she-, she actually said this. I- I- I'm not, I didn't mean to get off on this, but she said, the Lord, is- oh, glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. She oh, Jesus. This was how long ago? Eight- 18 years ago? 2004, do the math. 18 years She said, the Lord is sending the $200 million. Uh, You can't make this stuff up. But I'm going to tell you, for this end time harvest, we're going to, somebody's 200 million. Shut your mouth. Don't you just, big. God's big. Well, listen, 200 million to God is a joke, just a joke. It's a ridiculous joke. He's got gold treats, and you ain't even got a gold placemat at your house. Amen? You couldn't afford a gold placemat uh, if it was a one-by-one. Get your feet on there, you know. Hallelujah! Listen, Disney World ain't can't even touch heaven. Amen. Forget Disney World. We're going to heaven. Hallelujah. We got tickets to heaven. I'll trade in my Disney World tickets anyway. So he he uh, anyway. Then uh, the principal came back, and I said, "Who was that woman?" And um and he goes, What woman? I said, The woman that was just standing there the whole time came over and taught us. She prayed for us. And he goes, I I not I don't know who you're talking about. And I said, Yeah. And then I I was like, I never got her name. And then some of my guys, Where's that prophetess lady? I want her to pray for me. And and she was gone. Never heard from her, never saw her. I believe with all my heart it was an angel. Now i i, I you I can't convince me otherwise. But you know, we think we we're gonna see something with wings and, flowing and blonde hair and blue eyes like oh wow you know (laughs) anyway i don't know i don't know what we're thinking but i tell you what i i I, I was i was changed after that night and then i've had uh, somebody had told me one night they said i saw an angel lean over and whisper in your ear tonight and i remember tom i was i led worship at our church for 17 years and i remember one night I remember the when she told me that, I was somewhere like on this side of the stage, and I, it's like I heard something. I didn't hear a voice. I just, inside of me, I just had this thought, and I just went crazy. I kicked my shoe, and it came off, and it went through the ceiling tile in the church. Somebody was just talking about that. Sue Kendall was there, and Myrna was there. They saw it. This uh, slick—it was one of these slip-on shoes. Like, Bam! And the chilling tile, thing. and we were just going—we were rolling around like a bunch of drunks. I mean, it looked like a free-for-all on stage. And I just—I don't know—it was just something. I'm—where's Ben? Is ben here. There he is. Every now and then you'll see Ben. He—he—I told him, Ben, if you take off running, I'll probably—I'll run you down. Amen. So one day we're gonna get this thing going. You know, you just get so excited—you gotta do something. I gotta move, you know. Anyway. Matthew chapter 4, verse 10 through 11. We're on angels. We're on point 2. We're going, no, we're on 3. We're on 3. We're moving. No, we're not going backwards. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. You know, this is the temptation of Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 4. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord and you only shall. You know, he's tempting Jesus. If you'll just bow down and worship me. And that's what he's trying to get everybody to do. Obey. Worship. The, another key. You can translate worship as obedience. You shall worship the Lord with all your heart. You shall obey the Lord. You know, they disobeyed God. They obeyed Satan. We can, you can do this all day long. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now listen, if they can come minister to Jesus, Debbie, they'll come minister to you. I'm telling you, and if you've got a problem with that, you just get and tell Jesus. He said he'll watch over his word. Amen. Amen. They'll minister. And I, could, I could go, there's, there's a, one of the scriptures where he says that the, the angels behold the face of the, the children. And there's tons of scriptures on angels. I, we don't have enough time. Uh, Psalm 103, verse 20 and 21. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do your word, heeding the voice of your word, Bless the Lord, all you his angels, you host, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. They heed the voice of his word. Now, who can give voice to his word? Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Matthew 18, 18 and 19, whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Jesus said, Jeremiah 1:12, i watch over my word to perform it. He sends his angels. If you go back and look at Daniel, this is an old covenant. This is in the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Daniel didn't have the Holy Ghost. Daniel didn't have the blood of Jesus. And Daniel prayed 21 days and fasted. And the angel showed up and he says, I was sent because of your words. He didn't say I was sent because God told me to get down here and do, do business. And In fact, it took him 21 days. I said, well, there's a power outage in heaven. Did he run out of jet fuel? Did his wing break halfway down? I'm like, God, 21 days. I I thought people said they died and went to heaven the same day. What in the heck happened to this angel that couldn't get through? And he said, I was upheld by the prince of Persia. And it wasn't no human being that can beat up an angel. The prince of Persia was a spiritual force of wickedness in the heavenlies that was holding it back. So I'm going to tell you, somebody said, well, if God's God, why can't he do anything he wants? Well, he couldn't break through that demon in Persia. If he could, I just, God ain't a weakling. He didn't need 21 days to get his protein shakes and build up so he could whip the devil's butt. No. God says, you bind, you lose. And then the angel finally got there. He said, well, Michael, because of your prayers, I've come. Michael came and helped me. We broke through, and I'm here to give you the word that you need to hear. Folks, I'm telling you, if you don't think there's spiritual warfare, the devil wants to stop you dead in your tracks, he don't want you going out here. He don't want you doing the good works. He don't want you doing anything but you got to stay in the place of faith and you got to and know that the angels are working. In fact, I just put it down here at the bottom of this. Put your angels to work. Some of them, your angels is unemployed. Amen. Gee whiz. You need to, your angels need safety goggles or something. Get them a shield. Do something. They need to be working. Amen. But they're not going to work. I tell you what, we was in prayer the other day and the Lord hit me so hard I began to say uh, Brother Hagin was. he said, command your angels to go cause... He said, Lord, I don't know if I believe it. He said, well, it's in the Word. Command your angels to cause it to come in. You know, God can have somebody have a dream. An angel whispers in somebody's ear says, send them a check for a million dollars or send them a check for, you know, get them some new chairs or get them a new car or or go witness to them. Just do something, amen? It ain't just about getting something. It's about doing some. If you'll do the doing, you'll have the getting. If you'll seek first the kingdom, all those things will be added unto you, Matthew 6.33. Man, i about to preach myself happy. All right, Mark chapter 3. We're past three. We're at, uh, we're, at the, um, we're at number four, and that is authority. Ooh, this is a good one. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. And he went up on the mountain and called them to himself, and they came to him. And he pointed 12, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have power, to heal sickness, and to cast out demons. That's authority. Amen. Jesus gave his followers exousia. That word power there is exousia. It's a Greek word, and it means, as Pastor Mark, anyway, no, I'm just kidding. It means a, it means authority. It's not necessarily strength. It's just authority. There's a difference between authority. There's four uh, four Greek words, main words for for. Um, uh, power, but this one is actually translated. This word "power" is the Greek word "exousia," which means authority. In other words, a police officer has authority to stop a car, but if the guy wants to break the law, he can take that police officer out with a car. He don't. He, he he'll probably go to prison the rest of his life, but he he don't have to stop. But there's a we've been given authority in Jesus' name, and that and the devil has to stop. Amen. In Jesus' name, we've been given authority. Jesus gave his believers. Uh, Authority to preach, teach, heal, and deliver. And that authority has never been rescinded. Powerless ministries become powerful upon discovering the authority resident in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. The devil don't like to be talking about the blood. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. I charge you therefore. Now this is number five. We're moving right along. What time is it, baby? Oh, we're doing good. Gee whiz, I can preach for 11 more minutes. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus, uh, number number um, four was a 30. Number five is we have a charge. Everybody say a charge. I charge you, Second Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead as appearing in his kingdom. We've been talking a lot about the kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. Pastor Mark talked about that Sunday. They want their ears tickled. They, they will heap up for themselves. Teachers, they'll just say what they want to hear. That'll be politically correct. They will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. That's where I wanted to get. We all are. Timothy was a pastor. But he said do the work of an evangelist. So I don't care what you think you are. You still got to do the work of an evangelist. Amen. We're all called to be ambassadors. Amen. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We're emissaries from another kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching a lot better than y'all letting on we have a charge. Somebody say amen. Now, I want you to hear this. Listen to this. The connotation associated with the word preach was very different for Timothy than for us today. The Greek word, I'm not real good at Greek, but it's carusa, K-E-R-U-S-S-O, which was translated preach. In this verse, it means to herald as a public crier. Oh, you fixing? I hope you got your shouting clothes. This is fixing to be good. There were two distinct characteristics of public criers in those days. First, they didn't preach their own messages; they were emissaries of the king or of a government spokesperson. They simply proclaimed the message they were told to proclaim and nothing else. Folks, we got to proclaim God's word and nothing else. I don't. Well, they don't believe that here. Well, I'm sorry. Then you might not want me to preach here tonight. Because I'm going to have to go somewhere else. Because I'm going to say what God's word says. Amen. Man, I tell you, I know a bunch of churches that the Apostle Paul could never preach in. Ever. But they'll talk about Paul, but he could never preach in their church. And then Jesus, I mean, he's spitting a guy's, what he spit on his finger, stuck it in his ear, and his eye, and his mouth. Stuck his tongue one time. I'm like, but if I said I did that, they wouldn't let me preach there. Because Jesus couldn't even get in these churches. Amen. So he says this. He says, they, could, they simply proclaimed a the message they were told. They could not add to or subtract from it. They had to be accurate. Second, they had to be bold and grab the attention of those to whom they were sent. They didn't just tell the message to a few people in private. It was their responsibility to let everyone know the news. Indeed, they were selected for and maintained this position on the basis of their ability to get the word out. These are still two of the most important functions of preachers today. They must have a message from God. And deliver it accurately as to many people as possible. Now, I'm here to say, I believe that's for everybody. We're all called to be ministers of reconciliation according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Amen. And then number six, we have the word of the king. Amen. Uh, I like this. Pastor Mark quotes the scripture a lot. It's over in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4. Where the word of the king is, of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, What are you doing? Don't just be inviting people to church. Advance the kingdom of God in people's life. Proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. And listen, Luke uh, 8.11 says, the seed of God is the word. The seed is the word of God. Luke 8.11. We got to plant the seed. I would never talk to anybody. Ever. I just, this is just me. And, and I'm not trying to be. You know, well, you just—that's just you're being too st- stuck on this point. But I would never talk to anybody about Jesus without giving them a scripture, because you got to understand—they may forget everything you said, but they may go home and remember that scripture. I remember Brother Hagen years ago. He said that this guy was—this um, guy was saying, "Well, I, I don't believe in God. And if you're saying, if I don't believe in God and I die and go to hell, and you got to convince me there's a God, and if I die and go to hell, then it's going to be your fault that I went to hell." And he said. What was, what was the scripture? I was trying to think what it was. But it was whatever it was. It was a, it was a, it was a verse that Brother Hagin just quoted the scripture to him. And he said, that I think it's in Hebrews. Those that come to God. That's it. Hebrews 11.6. Those that come to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Those that come to God. So Brother Hagin just quoted that scripture. Which it might, it would have been a good scripture for that situation. You must believe that he is. And that he is a reward of those that diligently seek him. Those that come to God. So he says, you can't come to God because you don't believe he is. Because Hebrews 11.6, that guy said he woke up one night and he looked up. And Hebrews 11.6 was formed on the wall in his room and he saw Well, he ran him down the next day. Because I think he did this for three days. He was ministering at this church. But I'm telling you, the, the word of God came back. God watches over his word. He ain't watching over my word. Well, if I could just talk to him long enough, I think I can convince him. No, you can't. You can't convince, you mean you just wasting your time. You could argue till you're blue in the face. Just give them a seed. It's an imperishable seed. It's, it's, it, it, it God's heaven and earth will pass away, but our word remains forever. They'll forget Christmas go. they'll forget my face, but that seed will be there. I like to say, you can have a seed that's 500 years old, throw it on the ground, spit on it, and throw a little dirt on it. It'll sprout up. Amen. And God's word is way better than a natural seed. Somebody say amen. I was singing tonight, I remember. I was in an apartment in Tallahassee, Florida. I was lost, just as lost as you could be. Flunked out of school. I, I, I mean, I told people, I tell these kids, the only thing I learned in college, I learned my Social Security number. That was bad. I mean, literally, that was it, because you were just a number. I was at Florida State University. I got kicked out. I was going to a community college, and this girl came and knocked on my door one day. This young African-American girl knocked on my door. I said, she goes, I just want to know, do you know Jesus? I said, I I don't. I don't, I don't I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, we know. We, we're tired, you know. You know. I probably just got through smoking a joint, you know. And uh, and then, and I said, Yeah, I know Jesus, man. Thank you. God bless you. And, and she, you know, she went on her way. And she was driving a moped. She goes back and she gets on her moped. She's going, and it won't crank. Now, I was raised, at least raised right. There's a woman out there and it's hot. I got to help this woman with her moped. And I had like a. A car that was like a little hatchback. It was actually my sister's car. My parents wouldn't. Even, they said we, my dad said I might as well buy you a coffin with wheels on it. That's what he said. So I, it was one of them old. It was a Mustang. That you know the top. It was like one of those uh, the thing. And I, I somehow I got that moped. It was one kind of a big moped. I got it in the back of my car. And I took it to a gas station. And the whole time I said, man, I, this girl's talking about. Geez, I got to get her out of my car. Get this girl out of my car. And you know I thought about that just tonight sitting there. When we were worshiping. A seed was planted in me from that girl. I wish I could find her. I'll, I'll I'll run her up in heaven. I'm telling you, she she she. A lot of people got saved because of this girl. And then not long after that, some uh, my brother left a booklet in my apartment. It was a Kenneth Hagin book called Words. And it was, he he you know he probably just threw it around. Maybe he'll walk around and find it. And I found the book. And man, I didn't read nothing. I, that's why I flunked out of school. I didn't read anything. Thank God it was a mini book. And in the back of that book, it had the prayer of salvation. It had Romans 10 9 and 10. As long as I live. Thank God for Romans 10, 9, and 10. And I prayed that prayer. And I didn't even know who Kenneth Hagin was. But after I got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, got back into college, got a degree, which was a miracle from God, I went straight to Kenneth Hagin's Bible school as fast as I could get there. In fact, we showed up at the same time out here. Amen. She come from South Georgia. I come from North Florida. And she's saying, glad she didn't know me. Hallelujah. <laughs> we actually got to know each other, but we she didn't. She knew me after Jesus. Hallelujah. Um. He watches over His word to perform it. Tommy, y'all can come on up. Hallelujah! I, I really felt impressed tonight that I wanted to pray for. Just I want to lay hands on people. I, I, we, we're gonna go. All, we're gonna go all the way. I just when I was back there praying, I said we need to lay hands on. So, and I, I really want. I want the uh, the altar workers when we start worshiping. I want you to come. I want to read something to you. As I was praying in the back, this is what I heard the Lord say. I was praying in tongues, and I just I just started praying in um in my understanding and this is what I prayed out the words formed from your mouth and your lips given by the Holy Spirit will bring life to every person you come in contact with the words formed from your mouth by your lips given by the Holy Spirit will bring life to every person you come in contact with sometimes you may not know what to say you may not have a whole lot of time but you say Lord I need I need you to Holy Spirit I need you to help me help this person. And if, listen, if you can't do anything, Lord, give me a verse. Just give me one verse, Lord. Let, let me just drop one seed. I was, I was talking to Pastor Mark today, and I said, Pastor Mark, I, I just feel like the Lord's laid on my heart to, I want to be able to help churches get people just sold out to going out. I, I like Keith and, and David, they go, they all just go out and just go visit folks and lay hands on folks and you might cast out a devil you may do something now we've had some experiences with that you know you 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 go to pray for somebody and they start foaming at the mouth and, and growling at you and somebody says well I don't believe in that cast out devils. you better believe in it You and listen you just need to know there's the devil he's real and there's demons and when that thing starts growling you say you shut up devil in Jesus name I command you to come out and turn her loose now, now somebody says yeah but if you've never done that before I said, it is it is but after the first one, it gets easier. Hallelujah. Just practice. I, I was talking to a guy. He said he, he was wanting to take his kids and say they'd get little dummies and lay hands on the dummies and pray for them and cast devils out of the dummies or teddy bears or. Uh, uh, I I, I don't know. I, I there was a period of time where it, it just seemed like it was. I you can ask my wife. It was three or four, three or four months where it was just. I'm talking crazy stuff guy squirming around on the ground he started saying I am the God of Dagon and and he kept turning my office light on And my, my light switch was on the outside it was one of these add on offices he went outside, flipped the switch and closed the door I said no, 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 we got to have some light in here and this guy's going, yeah, I'm the God of Dagon and he's swinging, and he's a big boy I thought I'm going to catch a fist in the eyeball how do you get a black eye in the youth room and I went back out and I, I hit the switch and I pulled the door and he grabbed the door and he's holding it like this and I had a, 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 I had this um, pastor. He was from Cuba, and he he he's the one that was actually training me and how to minister to. The, he said, "Yeah, I've done this a lot. I'm gonna help you." And I said, "I'm glad you're here because it took. You shouldn't have to manhandle. I'm just telling you. You shouldn't have to, but I wasn't at that point where I didn't. I needed to manhandle. So I got him around the waist, and the other guy's pulling me, and all of a sudden his his hands came off that doorknob, and it was we're upstairs and the secretary goes, what in the world the roost caving in and the pest control man's there he's going I'm going to go up and spray them no you don't need to go to those offices no we're good no, there's no pest up there they're getting the pest out right now hallelujah so the, and the, the one, my, my son's down there at that time he was 12 years old and he's bawling he goes what's going on with my dad and he's here. no you know and we we got that thing out and the guy finally goes what, what just happened and you know what I found out the God of Dagon was the God of the the, the, the Lord the Goliath. Remember Goliath? Did you know that was the God of blindness, darkness? And this guy didn't have a clue about Dagon. He's going, Dagon. So I, I'm listening folks, you can say you, I, that's just weird, make-believe. I'm telling you, it's real. And now he came to us and he said he woke up in the middle of the night and something was choking him to death. He said, It was something in my bed choking me. And I said, so this guy I was with. He said, "Well, what do you what's what's going on with your life?" And he said, "I don't know." And he started asking me questions. He goes, I'm, I'm, "Now if something starts happening. We're talking to, we're not talking to you. We're talking to that thing that's attacking you. So you know, you, you got to be normal. You got to talk to people. You got to, you know, ain't all freaky and weird. And so, so when he came to, you, I mean, he was he was so happy. He was just joyful. And this is you know, and once again, this don't happen every day. But when you get out on the streets." Because demons don't like to go to church, you know. They, you, you're gonna run into some things that you might not. Just, just be ready in Jesus' name, Amen. And, you know, take somebody with you. That's, you know, you, you know. You, don't, don't just go out there on your own, hoping it'll work. You know what I mean? But God's got a plan, Amen. I was listening to Todd White. And he had prayed for—I don't—he'd know, he'd prayed for hundreds of people, and he just said. And his wife said, "I'm not going to the store with you anymore. It's just—we—we we spend hours in the store, and you make a scene." And so finally, it was him and his daughter. And then he went in, and he saw a woman, and she had something wrong with her shoulder, and he prayed for, her and she was swinging her arm. "I'm healed. I'm healed," and um, and he said, from then on, it just seemed like it just happened like clockwork. I believe we're getting to the point in time where if we'll stay, you can't—you can't get into saying, "I hope it happens." you got to just decide, I'm going to do whatever God's telling me to do. And you know what? I heard Oral Roberts say, I prayed for people and they died, and I prayed for the next one, and they were healed. I'm going to tell you, folks, I'm not going to quit praying. If I just get one out of ten, I'll take that. Because one out of ten is better than no out of ten. Amen? And somebody told me one time, he said, if you never swing the bat, you'll never hit the ball.